Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Yes, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning. They call this hump day. Elliot, are you over the hump? You are in a slump. I am in a slump. I'm in a slump in two areas of my life, the Reds and my gambling life, Tom. So we're just slumping all over the field. Just, it's a, it's, you know, it's a sad day. It's a bad day. But we're here. We're here to do our best, and that's all we can do. Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. Casey, Paul, Jake, everybody all right besides Elliot? Yes, sir. Doing all right. Yeah, Tom, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out there today. Um, tell you, the clock's ticking, you know, and, and, and I talk about this from time to time. We're going to have Luke coming in here a little bit later on. He's our big interview today, our son, Luke Brenneman. Um, Starting to count down the days till both of them, both of our kids are gone to college. The old empty nester. Huh. We'll save that discussion for another day. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way 10 A to 12. P. And that's Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. You can join us. Jump onto YouTube. Type in Chatterbox Sports. You'll find us there every day. If it's easier for you, better for you to join us in podcast form, by all means, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in. About two weeks ago, I think it was, we wondered would the Reds ever lose a game? I mean, they rip off 12 straight wins, looked like a budding juggernaut. Now we are wondering will they ever win? Again, the losing streak stands at six in a row after dropping both games of the suspended doubleheader to the Giants last night. In the conclusion of game one, bottom of the ninth, Ellie De La Cruz leads off drawing a walk. Steals second base, and you're thinking, okay, going to get him home, win the game, walk off, bottom of the ninth. Nope, 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 nope. De La Cruz gets picked off second base, officially goes as a caught stealing, but picked off. The Giants would go on to score in the 10th against Ian Jabot in a 4-2 final. Game two, the bats came alive. Great to see that. 10 runs and 14 hits. It's been a while, including the first big league hit. It was a home run. And man, was it a home run. By Christian Encarnacion Strand, a three-run bomb to left in the fifth to give the Reds a short-lived lead, but the bullpen melted down shortly thereafter, and that's becoming a problem, as we suspected it might, due to all of the use over the first three months of the season. Tony Santion walks in the go-ahead run. I don't know about you. I'm sitting there watching. He gets a gift on a call that should have been ball for a fastball. He throws another really good fastball, gets to 3-2 and two with the bases loaded in a tie game. And Kurt Casale, who's one of the best catchers, game callers, whatever. I don't blame it on him. It's all the pitcher. They throw a 3-2 slider. It's 60 feet, 6 inches from home to the plate. The slider went about 58 feet and walked in the go-ahead run. Giants win it 11-10. Game three of the series tonight at 7-10. Graham Ashcraft, he's been on a nice roll. He'll oppose Russ Stripling. Despite the twin bill loss, the Reds only drop a half game to Milwaukee in the Central. They're two and a half back overall. The Brew Crew dropped their series opener 
in a three-game set in Philadelphia. Final score there, 4-3. to three. Major League Baseball had a night of offense that has not been seen in 129 years. 12 teams last night scored in double digits. Three games, including the Reds, finished with a final score of 11-10. to 10. That's the first time that's ever happened in the history one day in Major League Baseball. The biggest outburst of the night was in Atlanta, of all places, where the Diamondbacks beat Rysel Iglesias in the ninth in a whopping 16-13 final. Now, speaking of the Diamondbacks, this is big news. A bankruptcy judge approved Diamond Sports Group, a.k.a. Bally's, their request to dump its contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks, prompting Major League Baseball to step in, starting with last night's game, as I mentioned, in Atlanta. The same thing you may remember happened in San Diego. The deal for the Diamondbacks was signed in 2015. The Diamondbacks were scheduled to be paid $1.5 billion, with a B, dollars over the next 20 years. That is $75 million per year over the next 20, each of the next 20, that the Diamondbacks are not going to get paid. This is leading to who knows where. This is a huge story and continues to be. Soccer news. Pitting the MLS All-Star game, right? Played in D.C. tonight. Already been asked in the chat. What are you watching? Are you watching the Reds or the MLS All-Star game? The league <laughs> picks 28 players to face Arsenal tonight, right? FC Cincinnati has three players on the team, led by Captain Luciano Acosta. What are you watching, Casey? MLS All-Star Game or Reds Baseball? Uh, Which is it? Tell the truth. My TV will have the All-Star Game on. <coughs> my phone will have the Reds game on as I sit in the corner of our living room acting like I'm watching the All-Star Game. There you go. That's the truth. Paul, okay. what are you watching? Oh, I'll, I'll watch the Reds. I'll watch the Reds. I don't really know who's all playing for Arsenal. I, I'm imagining they're not going to send their whole squad out there. Maybe they are, but uh, I don't know who's all playing for them. Gentlemen, I would rather watch paint dry. Yeah. There is nothing I would rather do less than watch the MLS All-Star game, wrangle up a group of bums, <laughs> play Arsenal, they'll lose 6 nothing. What are we doing? How many MLS players do you think you can name? Two. Acosta. Is one of them Lionel Messi? Oh, yeah. Is he in the MLS too now? Okay. So Three. Costa and Messi. And then the goalie. I forget his name, but I know him. For, for FC Cincinnati. Hey, he's good now. He is. He is. He's very good. I'm a goalie guy. But, Tom, they're going to lose this game 4 nothing. How is this an all-star game? I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't even understand the premise. Yeah. Why is it not East versus West? Why are they playing a foreign team? I'm out, yeah, I'm out on the MLS all-star game. Okay. Well, it's because Americans don't get to see Arsenal ever. Yeah, because right? they're better. Uh, no, they they're, they, they're across the country, and they play their league, the European League. Hey, according you to know. your homeboy, Romaldo, he says the um, Saudi League is the best league in the world. Mm. Money talks. Money talks. Boy, does it talk. 
In golf, the 151st Open Championship starts tomorrow at Royal Liverpool Golf Club. And how about one of the pairings in that first and second round? Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and a former number one in the world, Justin Rose. Now, McIlroy won this event at the same venue back in 2014. He has not won a major in nine years, though playing very, very, very well right now. Is this the year that Rory McIlroy wins a major? Paul, no. yay or nay? No. Why? No. He just won. He's not going to win two in a row. He won the Scottish Open. Yeah, it doesn't week. matter. He's not winning two weekends in a row. I hate to say it. He's the favorite, though, by a fairly significant margin. He is? Well, him and Scotty are tied. Scotty Shevlin. They're, they're co-favorites. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad because if, if he's going to win anywhere, this would, this would be one of the places to do it. I mean, it, winning the Open for Rory obviously goes without saying how much that would mean to him. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think he's going to win two weekends in a row. Okay. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's get into the red legs. Um, and, uh, Elliot, I'm going to start with you because I asked you when you walked in today that I mean, you seem very, very upset. You seem distraught is the word yeah. I used. Jacob thought that was a good word. That, that is a good word. Um, what is it the most that has you distraught right now about what's going on? I know they've lost six in a row, but what is it, you know, specifically? I think it's the, the, the uncertainty of what's happening right now. I don't know what this team is. I don't know who they are. This team was projected 64 wins by Las Vegas. They have come out. They brought up all the young guys. The young guys have exceeded expectations. They became a good team. They won 21 of 27 games. They lead the NL Central. All of a sudden now they're on a seven, seven out of eight game losing skid here. And it's like, I don't know where they are. I don't know who they are anymore. I, I, I'm concerned that that the bullpen's falling off. The bullpen, again, was supposed to be bad. The bullpen was supposed to be the worst aspect of this team. Ian Jabot is not a good pitcher. Derek Law is not a good pitcher. These guys aren't good. However, they pitched well this season. Yes, they have. So I don't know where you go from that, but like you said, Tom, the wheels are falling off. So if you keep using them at a high leverage like this, Luke Dreamweaver, my guy, unfortunately, no more. The, the dream is dead. Because he was injured in the second inning last night. It wasn't night. his fault he got hurt. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't. That was a line drive for those of you that did not see it. He throws the pitch, and as he follows through, and, and, and pretend you're at home plate, right? He follows through. The ball is hit right back at him in a line drive. He turns to get out of the way. It looked like on the first replay it hit him in the back. Yep. And then all of a sudden we found out it hit him in his left elbow, right around. I mean, that thing was bigger than a golf ball. Yeah. Like that. Yep. They oh, had that well. shot. I mean, did they ever say if anything? I, I never read anything whether they uh, they, they had any next x-rays back. Yeah, it was negative. It was okay. negative. Okay. All right. Sam, okay. Sam LeCure was talking about it on the post-game okay. show that probably, uh, I mean, he, he should be good, you know, a few days, let the swelling go down, whatever. It's not on his pitching arms, so he should be okay. Yeah, and, and, and that's the other thing. As much as I like to joke about Luke Dreamweaver – he also does he's, – he's, he's a very bad pitcher. He's very bad. He gave up four runs in two innings last night. His ERA is skyrocketing above seven. I, I, if this is the guy you want back because we have no other options, that's not a good place to be. That's not a good place to be. And I, and I like to joke. I like to have fun. They don't lose on Luke Dreamweaver night. 
It's true until last night, injury. But I, 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 don't, I don't know where the direction is right now. Because at this point, if you continue this path, now you're looking at selling at the deadline instead of buying when Tom said, and we all thought, that this team could make a, a run in the postseason. So the, the, the lack of direction right now is, is scaring me. I'm concerned with the inconsistencies. Jonathan India has gone in the tank. That was my guy from the beginning. He's gone in the tank. Jacob said it earlier. 12 double plays. 12 double plays. 12. That's not a real number. 12. You can't hit into 12 double plays, Elliot. I mean, I, I, I mean you just don't bring a bat to the plate. Why are you bringing the bat? You're just costing the team outs. It was a significant reason as to why the team lost. I, I, I don't know, Tom. I, I'm, 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 yes, Casey, I'm rattled. No, no, I was just – is it – did we ever find out that stat, like five in the last two weeks? No, or, or no, no we, we did not. We did not. I, mean, I assume the number's been, high. Yeah, it's just, been bad. It, it is something like that. I, I remember, I think there. it was maybe right before the All-Star break where he had seven or eight, and now we're at 12, right? Right. You know, it gets into the whole thing about analytics. It seems as though David Bell and the Reds and a lot of teams out there, a lot of franchises, they're driven by the data, and data is a great thing to have. I mean, look, you know, whether it's the spray chart on batters, whether it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what this, you know, at the end of the day, it, telling me what a pitcher's spin rate is or launch angle, I, I mean, to me, okay, that's fine, whatever. But certainly as it pertains to situations with batters, how do they bat with runners on? How do they bat with, with, with the bases empty? The numbers are staggering for India. He has been at his best. In my opinion, and the numbers bear it out. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Check this out. Look up his numbers. Runners on base as opposed to no one on base. This team played very well when India was batting leadoff. Right? Yep. Okay. India's a good player. He's not a bad player. He's a good, solid player. Is he an all-star player? No. Was he the rookie of the year? Yes. Are we starting to figure out maybe who he really is, as we talked about the other day? It's been two years now with basically the same set of numbers before he got hurt last year, right? You know, a little over 100 games, almost 100 games. Batting average in the 240s. Um, some pop, no question. Uh, but a propensity with runners on base to do what you're talking about, and that's hit into double plays or not drive in runs. Okay, so if you're data-driven, did you find those numbers? No. All right, I can, I can find them. But, but, but anyway, so why is, he not, why is he not back in the leadoff spot? Somebody answer that for me. Well, the answer is because T.J. Friedel and Matt McClain need to get more at-bats than Jonathan India because they've proven that they are better than Jonathan India. So Jonathan India has now lost his role, and to Tom's point, he has bat, batted in his career significantly better at the leadoff position. I don't know what it is with runners in scoring position, but at the leadoff position, India's significantly better. Now, when you talk about TJ Friedel and Matt McClain, those guys are better than India. They take his spot, India goes down to three. India can't bat with runners on, so he's not a three anymore. Can he go four? Can he go five? No, because he's not as good as Ellie. He's not as good as Steer. Against the righty, he's not as good as Vado. You go down this lineup, he's not as good as Benson. So now you go down all the way down the lineup, and there's no room. There's no room for Jonathan India. And on top of all of that, he's the worst defensive second baseman in Major League Baseball. I have, I have tried to defend Jonathan India. And I do think there is an aspect that people like to negate about the leader thing. I know everybody makes the joke, he's a leader, he's a leader. I do think he's a leader of the team. I do think he's good. I'm just saying it's, it's concerning how you, you he's taken like a two-month vacation off from playing good baseball right now. 
All right, here are the numbers. And I mean, they, they really are staggering. Staggering. Okay? This year, he has started 49 games batting first leadoff batter. He started 40 games in the three-hole. And he started five games in the five-hole. As a leadoff batter, India is a 283 hitter. 283 with an on-base percentage of 380. That's pretty damn good. Very good. Batting in the three-hole, he's hitting 210 with an on-base percentage of 294. Paul, you're a big analytics guy. Oh, I mean, if analytics. you are an analytics guy and you're driven by analytics, which the Reds, no question, they are, like many, many others, how in the world can you justify, or are they just picking and choosing which analytics they want to pay attention to? How can you justify hitting India anywhere else but first? That batting average, batting first, by the way, with the recent struggles of De La Cruz the last couple of games who've gone into the leadoff spot, he got his first hit since the All-Star break last night, right? Yep. And Friedel, whose numbers have started to come down a little bit, that 283 batting average with India is right there with Friedel and Ellie De La Cruz with a very good on-base percentage. Look, we kept talking about when this team was going to hit a slump, right? We kept saying at some point you win 12 games, you lose a few games here and there. At some point, they're going to hit a slump. Hopefully, it's not collective, but they're going to hit a slump. Well, right now, it's a collective slump. Then last night, they scored 10 runs, and they still can't win a game because Dream Weaver couldn't give them a couple more innings. So now, all of a sudden, you see the Reds scuffling. And, you know, the other thing, too, about this is we talked so long about the narrative of the Brewers, right? And you can go into Milwaukee. You have six games in a row against the Brewers while you're a game or two up in the division. And you can win four out of six or five out of six and really step on their throat and claim the division in the middle of July. And instead, you lose five out of six. And now all of a sudden you're in the heat of a division battle, two and a half back. Don't look now, but the Cardinals have won five in a row. Cubs stink. They're what not. I said yesterday Cubs, about the Cardinals, Cubs, all of a sudden. Cubs stink, but the Cardinals have won five in a row. I still don't really think they're going to compete for the division, but they have won five in a row, so you can't really ignore them right now at least. But now all of a sudden you're setting yourself up where you have two more games against San Francisco. Then you welcome in an Arizona team that just played one of the best games of the year last night against the, uh, the Braves. And you go to Milwaukee, and if you lose two out of three or get swept in Milwaukee, you don't want to say the season's over, but you're going to dig yourself in a massive hole if you're five and a half, six back this time next week. That just can't happen. So – as far as the lineup goes, I mean, you could tell David Bell was trying to shake something up by putting Ellie in the first spot. You could tell he, he heard the noise. He was trying to – Which we to, all agreed is okay. Yeah, mix that's fine. You're getting shut out three games in a row. Mix it up. You got to do right. something. Yep. Mix it up. That's fine. We love it. Mix it up. But then you take Christian Encarnacion Strand out of Louisville. You pull him up. You play him for eight innings of a game. Then the one inning of the game the next day that gets suspended – and then you sit him, you bring him in for a pinch hit uh, situation, and he hits a home run, but you still don't start him that next game. So it, it, it feels like it's a very weird time right now where, you know, Reed was tongue-in-cheek talking about the Reds panicking the other day. And I don't think they are panicking, but I think to Reed's point, they may have overreacted a little bit to how bad things are right now because – I don't think they are that bad. The problem is they're just going through a tough stretch when they 
they couldn't really afford to be going through this tough stretch because if they've lost, what, three games in the division standings, three or four games maybe in the division standings they were up to, now they're down two and a half, whatever it is, four and a half. But it's not like they were up seven games. Yep. They had played well against Milwaukee. They were up seven games. They go on a six-game losing streak. Now the division leads down to one or two, and you're thinking, oh, well, at least we're still in a division lead. Now what they're trying to do is tread water to make sure that it doesn't get worse before the deadline and the Brewers can make a push. And you find yourself in a really tough situation. So do you want to put Jonathan India back in the leadoff spot? I don't know if that's the right decision. The stats back up to say that he should be there if he's hitting anywhere. But I don't really know if you want to trust him to be in the leadoff spot right now. Well, look, for, for, for some in the chat, and, and I've heard it uh, you know, all over town uh, the last day or so. I mean, people throwing in the towel saying they're done. They're not done. I mean, give me a break. If somebody would have said to you the Reds are going to be two and a half games out of first place on July the 19th when this season started, you, you, you'd have thought that, you know, something was wrong with that person, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? No, I absolutely. mean, bipolar, something, right? And, and, and so, look, it, they had a great stretch. We said it on this show at the time. They were very lucky to be playing some terrible teams who were playing terrible baseball. They caught a break going to Houston where the Astros had all their guys hurt and the way the pitching lined up and the whole nine yards. I mean, give the Reds credit. They played great in Houston. But let's be honest about it. I mean, when you're playing the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Rockies, I mean, come on, right? You're better than those teams. And the, and the Reds are better than they're playing right now. This isn't a team. It's, it's the second time this year. The other time was much earlier in the year where they lost six in a row. But you do have to start searching for answers to, quote, unquote, stop the bleeding. The hard part is, as you said, Paul, you got a lot of guys going through a slump. Indian's not the only one. You got a lot of guys going through a slump. You've got major questions about your starting pitching. What are you going to do? Now, all of a sudden, you know, Weaver, I know he hasn't been good, but at least it's somebody you have out there. Are you ready to call up some young guy from the minor leagues again? Ashcraft has gotten it together. Abbott bounces back after a bad start. So you start there and you, you know, okay. Williamson has thrown the ball better late. Okay. But my fear is, and Jacob, you know, we've talked about this too. My fear is, and, and, and I don't know why, maybe I'm looking for it, okay? I'll, I'll say this. Maybe I'm looking for it. But when I watch some of these guys now coming out of the bullpen, they don't look the same to me. They look tired. No, I agree. And we have, you know, five more games coming up right now, six games coming up right now without an off day. We used I, I, almost every single active reliever we have in the last 24 hours. I, I don't know what we're going to do in the bullpen if these starters don't give us – I mean, luckily we have Ashcraft who's been pitching great and Abbott the day after, so hopefully we get two good starts there and we can really, you know, let the bullpen rest for two days. But if we don't get lucky with that, we're going to be in some serious trouble going to the bullpen here because they have looked really tired. Are, are, are there any – I mean, I know you hear some of the names about the prospects. I mean, they have anybody down there where you pick I – mean, somebody's got to be on the phone today, I mean, I if not last night. I think we're close to getting Ricky Karcher again. I mean, I, these guys are so tired, and we're busting them up and back. We don't have any options. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and the pitching in, in Louisville have been, has been bad, I'd say, uh, for, the, for the majority of that season. I don't, know, I don't know what the option is. Jacob said it earlier, and we've been talking about it. When will the regression come – 
I think you're starting to see it a little bit with the bullpen. And again, I, I don't mean to be you know disrespectful, but these guys are scrubs. I mean, they're no names. A lot of the guys in this bullpen aren't very good. And that's just a fact. Ian Jabot, Derek Law, Fernando Cruz, these guys aren't good pitchers that have pitched incredibly well. So I don't know if, it's, if, if they're tired right now or if it, you're, they're just showing their true self. That's, and, that's, and that's part of my frustration. It seems like a lack of direction. And, and with the offense, I do think the offense is good enough. But for that 30-game stretch there, the offense was the one thing we had to back our, back, back our whatever on. We, 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 could, we could rely on the offense putting up seven, eight runs a game. And now with, with, without that, I don't know what this team is. Well, you're facing real teams with real pitchers. I mean, let's True. be honest about it. I mean, when the Nationals, you play the Nationals or the Rockies, you know, in a three-game series, I mean, you might run into one decent pitcher in the three games in the series, right? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden now, you know, the Brewers – you're getting Corbin Burns twice. He's won a Cy Young Award two-time All-Star. You're getting Adrian Hauser, who has had very good success at the big league level. You've got Peralta, who was not pitching well before he got here, but, but at least he's an experienced guy, knows how to get people out. Then here come the Giants. The best pitcher I've seen in the National League this season was a kid who pitched two nights ago. And now all of a sudden, you know, they come back last night. Di Sclafani, you can have him. Uh, you can have him. Uh, but... Now the next couple of days, Stripling has not had a good year. Uh, and, 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 but, but, but then behind them, as we mentioned, you're all of a sudden going to have Arizona again. And they have pitched very well this season. Not as much lately, but you're going to see some good pitchers. You know you're going to see the same cast again in Milwaukee. Then you're going to see the Dodgers. You're facing teams that are good teams with a number of good pitchers. Not necessarily great pitchers but good pitchers, a hell of a lot better than you saw with some of those other teams when they were piling up seven, eight, nine runs a game. You're David Bell, Paul, Casey. Casey, I'll start with you. What's the first thing you would do today if you're David Bell, besides pray? Besides pray? Uh, besides pray that Graham Ashcraft <laughs> can, can give you six or seven innings tonight. Man, I, that might be all we have. You know, the, the, I think the only option for me you can't go and trade for starting pitching. I think you gotta just you gotta help the bullpen so out. So you're gonna bit. throw in the towel on on making a deadline deal. Is that what you meant by that or no? Not a not a major deal. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to find some bullpen help. That, okay, that's it. Fair I, enough. I, I can't, Fair enough. I can't risk sacrificing the future. I know we said that time and time again, but you know honestly, last night was a bit of a, a relief for me. I know we lost, but we were hitting. We were crushing the ball. Let's let's slow down. The panic before was that this team looked completely different. Now they're starting to get back to where it's like, okay, well, we're hitting the ball again, so maybe this is the that turning point where we're going to get those bats back. Maybe they got that spark back. And, yes, it was a one-game loss, or not, not one game, a one-score loss, but one-run one loss. But uh, we've had a lot of those in this season. So I'm, I'm not panicking anymore. Okay. I'm back right. to being just concerned. Um, my one change would be getting bullpen help. Paul? For tonight, though? Is well, that, isn't that the question? For tonight? Yeah. What are you doing tonight? 
I don't know what I'm doing tonight that Praying. changes anything. Like that, there's, yeah, there's, I, there's nothing else you can. I, 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 I think. I think the Reds are in a good spot tonight. I mean, they're not the favorite, but the, they're a, a very, 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 very sl slight, slight underdog. I think tonight, you know, if the Reds can't win tonight with how well Graham Ashcraft has been pitching lately, and, you know, I, I, you would say a pitching advantage and, and the way the Reds hit last night, hoping they maybe turn the bats around a little bit. Oof. This, this losing streak gets to seven. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Well, you know, look, I, I, I think the last game that Ashcraft pitched, if I'm not mistaken, he got taken out of that game right around 80, 85 pitches, something like that. Big fella's got to go to the post tonight. <laughs> he's he's going to I mean, he's got to go to the post tonight. Yeah. You know, I mean, he'll have four more days after this one to get ready for the start that would be on, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something be on Monday. Uh, and that would be in Milwaukee. First game of a series, so you'd be going to Milwaukee with Ashcraft and Abbott back-to-back -back first two games of the series. You like the way that stacks up, for sure. Yeah. Um, but but, but he, he's got to get something. He, he has got to get a big-time start out of Graham Ashcraft tonight. I think There's, we legitimately need seven innings to have a I – mean, six and change at least to have a chance tonight. I mean, we don't have – Alexis Diaz only pitched in the the ninth of um, of the first game of the doubleheader right. tomorrow, so you, or yesterday. So you'd like to think he would be available tonight. Uh, other than that, I mean, I really don't know who we're going to be able to walk out there if he only gives us, you know, five point two or something like that. We we don't have the arms to go nine innings, much less if this thing goes ten and we're tied at ten ten again. Who are we walking out there? I mean, I, I really don't know. So. I think it's absolutely crucial, like you said. He, he's got to get up around 100 pitches. If he has to do it, he has to do it. You've you got to just put your head down and go. Yeah, pitch count out the window for me tonight. I, yep. I couldn't agree completely. more. His last three starts. Um, all which have them, been very good. Which have all been very good. All of them six innings, um, 94 pitches, 98 pitches, 74 pitches last time. Um, only one earned run in each of those three. And three – Seven, 15 hits in those three games. If he's at 74 pitches after six innings, he needs to go eight. Yeah. Like, but no doubt about like it. There's, there's no pulling him for the third time through the order. There's, there's no matchup switching the pitcher. Like, he just needs to pitch. All right, I asked a question. If I'm David Bell tonight, I'm hitting India leadoff. I, I, I'm going back. Look, you, you, whether he's been in a slump, which we know he has, for the better part of a month and a half, he is still, you know, who you brought to the dance, right? Been a solid player for this team. He has been. Look, I'm, I'm not his biggest cheerleader, not his biggest fan, but India is an important part of this team. I hit him lead off tonight. I keep McLean in the three hole. If you want to put Friedel too, fine. But I got McLean in the three hole. I got Ellie in the four hole. And after that, figure out the rest. Encarnacion Strand's going to be in a lineup for me. I can't do this juggling thing all the time with these guys, and we knew this problem was going to happen when they brought Encarnacion Strand up. There are so only so many positions that you can fill. Tyler Stevenson in all of this has become virtually non-existent as an offensive player on this team. Are you going to give Stevenson at bats instead of Encarnacion Strand as a DH right now? If Tyler Stevenson can't play catcher, he has no value on this team. He cannot be our DH with the, with the players we have. He absolutely has to catch. 
his bat is very valuable if you're putting him in over Kirk Casale and Luke Maley. That is, that is a valuable bat in that scenario. I know what he is behind the plate. It's not great. But if he can play catcher, he has a spot on this team, at least right now. If he has to DH, I don't see a way he can be in the lineup. I think Tyler Stevenson has been arguably the biggest disappointment from this season. I, I, I think you look at the, the, the ridicule, the hate that this fan base has given Jonathan India for the majority of this season. Tyler Stevenson has been significantly worse. Tyler Stevenson has offered nothing offensively. He's offered nothing defensively. Nothing on either side. India has at least shown sparks on the offensive side of the on the off, offensive side of the ball. Yes, he has. So I, I, I think Tyler Stevenson right now. I mean, at this point, nobody nobody's going to do it, Tom. But he should be sent down to Louisville. He should be sent down to Louisville. And if you're not going to get off, offensive production out of him, put Kirk Casale, put Maley back there. We know they're not good, but at least we don't we're not holding up roster spots for Tyler Stevenson. Three catchers at this point right now, when our bullpen needs help, is inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I, for, for, for your point, Tom, I would bat India leadoff, but I, I, I think Nick Kirby said it. I think he's getting a day off. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think he's sitting. Because I think he was supposed to sit yesterday. Okay. And something All right, well, that's crossed. fine. That's fine. Hey, whatever. But, but, but look, with Stevenson, yeah. okay, and everybody says he's been better lately. Okay, well, better lately means three and four weeks ago, which got his average in the last month to 263 during that time. But over that time frame, he's only started 16 games in any spot. Catcher, DH first. He's only started 16 of your last 28 games and has two home runs. Now, I know that power isn't necessarily his thing. He's knocked in five runs. Encarnacion Strand hit a home run and knocked in three with one swing in his first handful of major league at-bats. I'm with you, Elliot. This Stevenson thing to me, and he seems like an awesome kid. I, 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 don't, I don't like sitting here getting on Guy's tail uh, because, you know, he, he does seem like uh, he's a great kid. But I just continue to wonder, and we asked Bill Schroeder, longtime major league catcher, and we had him on a couple of weeks ago, now the TV analyst for the Milwaukee Brewers. We asked him if he thought, and we just made it player X. We didn't say Tyler Stevenson. But we gave the example of what Stevenson is going through this year. The Reds said at the beginning of the year, he was not going to catch regularly. He was going to catch three, maybe four days a week, got to DH a little bit, play first base a little bit, fine. But we asked Bill Schroeder, uh, do you think that could potentially have a negative effect on a player's offensive um, uh, production? And he said, without even blinking an eye, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Is that what we're seeing right now from Tyler Stevens? Because he's barely started half of your games for a month and you're carrying three catchers. I think the game that Casale caught last night, he's maybe played twice, started twice in a month. Those yeah. were his first at-bats since July 4th. Yeah, and I mean, you're, think about that. You're carrying three catchers on a team. That might have to change tonight, quite frankly, if they get another arm up here. It might have to change tonight because you can't, you can't continue to do this. One guy's never playing. You've taken this big star prospect, and you've decided, understandably so, a lot of us out there were saying, we were worried about Stevenson. Would he get beat up behind the plate? 
Should we move him to first? All those are legitimate, perfectly legitimate questions. And I still stand by what the Reds decided to do with him, theoretically, going into the year. Now, however, I have to ask myself, is it time for a change and put him back there five days a week? I think you could go either way. And it, it, but I, I think one of the misconceptions is, and Trace has said it earlier in the year, sending a guy down to AAA is, doesn't have to be punishment. Right. You don't have to be punished when you get sent to AAA. It could just be working on things, working on your swing, working being a defensive catcher. But to Tom's point, if you're not going to play him consistently at the catching position, you're not helping him. You're not helping Tyler Stevenson be a better player by relocating him all around the baseball field simultaneously while he can't hit. So I agree with Tom. You either start him every day or you send him to AAA. Three catchers, all three of them can't hit. It's inexcusable. You can't have it on the team right now. You can't. I legitimately don't know that you can start Tyler Stevenson every day at catcher right now. He's so bad behind the plate that on an everyday basis, it would be horrible for the pitching staff that we're already talking about. It's getting tired and starting to struggle. And we're low on starting pitching, so it's going to be young and experienced guys coming up. To have Tyler Stevenson behind the plate that even the veterans don't want to pitch to, I think really the only practical answer is to send him down to AAA for three weeks and have him catch 20 games. And just be like, figure it out. Okay. Learn how to catch. Okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay. We've covered the Reds. Uh, another game tonight, 7-10. We talked about it. Ashcraft will get the ball. Stripling's not had a good year, but he is capable. We'll see how it goes down there. 7-10. You got the big MLS All-Star game against Arsenal. Yes, Paul. I got one topic for us. Yes, sir. Uh, so they announced yesterday that they are restarting the Arena League. Uh, there's going to be a new Arena Football League, or maybe it's the same Arena Football League, I don't know. Did not really read into it, I'll be honest. I don't know if either of you guys did over there. I but, did not. Okay. Not. All I know is that Cincinnati's getting a team. I'm assuming that they're going to play at the Heritage Bank Center. Well, about 10 minutes ago, they held a press conference down there for the UC and Dayton game. Yes. That's going to be happening. Look at this picture. Look at this picture of Anthony Grant and Wes Miller. That's on the concourse of the Heritage Bank Center. <laughs> Can we not get this city a new arena? I mean, what are we doing it's here? So bad. What are we doing here? Wes Miller also looks like somebody shot his dog right there. <laughs> Boy, there you go, Xavier guy. No, I mean, can you not look again. at that picture? I mean, can you not look? End, Tom, it, it Tom, never end. Tom, it doesn't end. Tom, neither and one of neither one of those guys look like they want to be sitting in that arena right now. Why are they doing this in this arena? They could have gone to Fifth Third. They could have gone up to UD. They could have met in the middle in Middletown. Why are they sitting there? That's terrible. Today was supposed to be no shtick Wednesday. It's not a shtick. It's not a shtick. Fourless Paul. It's not a. It's not a shtick. If you were creative, you'd think of something new. No fine. Well, no, there is nothing new. They don't win, so I don't. I don't need to come up with something new. They just don't win. I'm sorry. Can we get this city a new arena? I don't want to get distracted on the UC stuff. I tell stuff. you the plans. You see the renderings uh, on some of the plans. It's amazing. Uh, but you know, you ask you, it, it, it gets back to the whole taxpayer funded thing and you'll get people that say it's worth it. You'll get other people say it's not worth it. Uh, all I know is to your question, Paul, we have missed, and I don't care what your political affiliation is. We lost out on the Republican convention three years ago and the NCAA tournament, the, uh, countless NCAA tournament. We used to have NCAA tournaments seemingly every year here. It's a great basketball town. Right up the road in Dayton, you have the first four, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. I mean, every year you would sell out that arena like that. It wouldn't be one of those deals where you turn on the TV like some of these first and second round games and you could drop a bomb in there and nobody get hurt, 
right? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be like that. It would be packed to the gills. And that was probably a bad analogy. But you know what I'm saying. You, 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 a lot of those games you watch, it, uh, nobody's there. But he, he, here's the thing. You know, look, anybody that's listened to this show for the last year knows my soapbox about the arena downtown. The constant argument you hear is they don't have a, a tenant. They don't have somebody that's going to constantly provide funds to the city. At what point as a society do we look at ourselves in the mirror? We deserve better. And say to ourselves, one, that we deserve better, and two, that maybe we don't have to make a profit on this thing. Maybe it's just good for the city to have an arena like this available to us and not one that artists are going to turn away from because the acoustics are so bad and that you can't hold a basketball game in because you're afraid that people are going to get hurt. I mean, I honest to God don't know why they're playing this game down there. You have N If they wanted to play a neutral site game in Cincinnati, they could have gone and played it down at Truist at NKU, which is an infinitely better arena than Heritage Bank is. It's not as big, but it's an infinitely better arena. Instead, they're going down to Heritage Bank that, I mean, so, might be mold-infested and whatever yeah. else. To Paul's point, that place is one of the most foul places in this city. I went there, Tom. I don't know when, how many times you've been there. Hopefully not many. I've been there a, a ton. I, well, I, so I went to a Cyclones game. And I kid you not, Tom, somebody went into that stadium, ripped out one of the seats, and just left the stadium with it. <laughs> it was one of the most preposterous things. Laws don't apply in that stadium. I mean, it's lawlessness there. It's gross. I, I think the soda brand is, is something weird, It's too. not even real soda. It's, it's RC, RC Cola. Cola. It's RC it's, Cola, Tom. It's RC Cola. I love RC Cola. Well, I'm not. <laughs> it's not. Come on, Tom. <laughs> come on, Tom. I, I do. I do. I'm not a hater on, like you guys. Come, come on, on, Tom. You might like it, but no, like the Reds aren't rolling out there with RC <laughs> Cola. Give me a break. I, I I agree with Paul. That place that place needs to like. But 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 again, back to my point. It, at what point do we say? Because I understand where if if they're if you're gonna have a private. If it's going to be a privately funded arena, that or, if it, ain't or if it's going to be well, but yeah, but I'm saying if if it's partially privately funded, you know, if it's a split deal with the city, whatever it is, whoever privately funds it, or even the city generating it for taxpayers, somebody's going to want to generate a profit for this place. Well, at what point do we, as a society and as a community, come together and realize that maybe if it just breaks even, or it's close to breaking even, it's okay. We don't have an NBA team. We don't have an NHL team. The Cyclones are good on dollar beer night. But, like, let's get some – let's get some – instead of building two outdoor venues, one across from Paycor and one in Newport that are identical venues for concert venues, if you want to draw people back up to the city instead of sending them down to Riverbend and get, like, the, the wintertime country concert or whatever it might be. Yep. Build a serviceable, it doesn't even have to be Jerry World. Build a serviceable arena downtown because right now, that place is not serviceable. I hear you. That place stinks. I mean, if Casey, say it for me. Tom, it stinks. It stinks. Okay. All right. Paul, I mean, how do you, you really know, feel? We, have, we have found what? out yet really again feel? on this program. How do I really feel? It was brought up in the chat. We have found out once again on this program. That we are surrounded by the liberal elite, snobs when it comes to soda. What in the world is wrong with RC Cola? Nothing's wrong Nothing's with it, Tom. Yeah, it's just I not mean, Coke it Pepsi. Ends. It never ends.
It's, Nothing's wrong nothing's, with Long John Silver's, but nobody buys it. So yeah. it's like, I, I, it's, it's just bad. Like, it's objectively bad. You don't see Long John Silver's going out being the sponsor of an arena because they don't have any money because no one likes it. So when you have a product that a majority of people don't like... Hey, there's a reason why Long John Silver's is still in business. And there every, are a lot of yeah. people that go there. I guess. You drive by that one on Kenwood Road on a given night. Tom, yeah, like, the parking lot's Tom, packed to the gill. Tom. Shrimp night. Tom, if I got you a plate of Long John Silver's and I put it right there in front of you. I'd eat the whole thing. No, you'd throw yes, it away. No way. You'd throw it away, Tom. I'd throw it away for you. I wouldn't let you eat it. It's my job as your producer to not let you touch it. I can't imagine the digestive tract after eating that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the smell. Reed Mao says Long John Silver's is the sponsor of the Louisville Cardinals Arena. Well, in a backwards way. The Yum Brands. I understand. Oh, okay. I understand. That's KFC too, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, well, enough of this nonsense. Can we get a new arena? I'm all for it. Can I mean, we please get it. a new arena? I'm all for it. Thank you for listening to me. But are you technically a city? Uh, this is the last what? thing I'm going to ask. When you say that, are you, a, are you able to vote in the city of Cincinnati? Are you a city of Cincinnati I voter? I live in Hamilton County. County. Yeah, no, Hamilton I know County. that. But I live in Hamilton County, too, but I can't vote on city council. Oh, good point. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I should know that. I don't know. Okay. All right. My well, my address my address is I sign it Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, okay. But that, I'm just that, saying that, there are areas me? like, for example, um, I mean, you, you just pick some of the you know Madeira or uh, Indian Hill or Anderson. I don't think Anderson. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But but a lot of those those suburbs are in Hamilton County, but they can't vote on city of Cincinnati issues, tax issues. So the point I'm getting at is you would vote for a tax levy to build a new arena. Oh my God, yes. So okay. fast. People don't realize what it would bring to this. The general person sees how bad the Bengals stadium deal was and is scared away by anything new to this city. But look at how much this city has been revitalized with the banks, everything else downtown, everything they're doing to make the city better. Cincinnati has, has grown exponentially in the last 15 to 20 years that it, it has completely reshaped itself. And you talk about what they're going to put in. Right. That park that's going to be in uh, up like we're in that 75 corridor up there by the convention center, all this. And you have the Bengals stadium, the Red Stadium, and then an arena. You have to tear that thing down. You can't renovate it. But even if it means that you tear it down and then you build a new one and you just don't have anything for a year or so in between and the Cyclones got to go play at Miami for a year, then so be it. Cyclones aren't. I'm not doing a whole lot to appease the Cyclones here, Paul. That's what I mean. I, I want to I'm say saying it. we got to get a new arena. You got to get a new arena, and it's not going to happen, and it just pains me. Because everywhere – look at Kansas City. Well, you Kansas City right has an arena. Mouth. Kansas City has an arena without a regular tenant, and it's beautiful. And it's great, and the city loves it. It gets used. Well, and they, they host the Big 12 basketball tournament every year. About I was there this year for the NCAA every tournament. Year, every single year they, they have – well, not every year, but virtually it seems like every year an NCAA tournament round is played there, whether it's the first two rounds or the third and fourth rounds to go to the final four. They have that all the time. And um, 
And this is a better town in Kansas City. I mean, it is. There's more going on. Kansas City's a good town. I really like Kansas City. But uh, Nick Kirby asks one final thought before we get to Luke Brenneman today, and that is, is there a zero-calorie option for R.C. Cola? Long John Silver's in the Yum! brand. Would they step in and save us, Paul, with a new arena, please, here in Cincinnati? We'll do our show down there on a daily basis. I'm in. Long John Silver's arena. Rolls Elliot, do you want to pick it? Huh? You're a big picket guy. Picket? You, you know, picketing. Oh, picnic. yes. I can protest. No, no, no. Like picketing. A, like a pro, pro like picketing. Okay. Elliot's Signs a, and Elliot's such. a big picketing guy. Yeah, I'll right. protest. Do you want to pick it with me? Yeah, I'll protest. Because everybody on we'll Twitter knows where I stand about I'll, the I'll arena. Yeah, do we want to pick it downtown? We'll go pick it next week. Let's go pick it. We'll go pick it. All right. That's it. Outside Heritage Bank. Outside okay. Come join us. All right, come join us. Um, okay, uh, it's time now for our uh, coming up here after a break with the Ham and Eggers. Uh, I talked about this the last couple of days. When uh, our daughter, Ella, graduated from high school, uh, I was doing a podcast audio only and did an extended interview with her, um, and the reception on it was through the roof. And so I said to myself, look, our son Luke just graduated from high school. And I'd like to do the same thing with him because there, there, there's some interesting topics and some things you can learn from young people, uh, which, you know, me being an old guy, uh, I think there are a lot of things a lot of us can learn from young people about some of the things they're going through that are very different in the world they're living in now compared to the world maybe you and I grew up in. Um, and so we're going to uh, walk down memory, memory lane and look to the future of one Luke Dawson Brenneman. That is our big interview coming up. Ham and Eggers, please, enter the arena. <laughs> it's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right, well, we talked, uh, we talked about the Bearcats there with Wes Miller. <laughs> so the, uh, the Bearcat Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, there is a new premium alkaline water. It's Pawnee. It's right in front of me. Uh, Pawnee uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. And the result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. You can visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy it. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, get your technology solutions from Encore, and bet with Betfred. What if we got Pawnee as the official water sponsor of the new arena? It what would, would what, be great. The name sponsor. What would be seriously? Who would be the title sponsor of that arena? If it was a, if there was a title sponsor, which well, there would be. My not, bet for the Bengals when they were doing the rename was I thought PNG was going to throw their name on that thing. So that would I, be good. I think that'd be a, a pretty easy. That would one. be good. PNG Arena and I think we. Kroger. I mean, I know they have Kentucky's Field. I think Kroger would be a, a decent guess. I'm trying to think of other local brands. If if you could pitch it so that there were a hundred percent that there were going to be. Like the arena was going to open and five or six big events that you guaranteed that you pre-booked. I got one. Go ahead. Gold Star Arena. I knew that was coming. Skyline Stadium, baby. It's Gold Star. <laughs> I would, they got too many other deals. 
Gold Star, though. They've taken everything. Gold Star, however, they don't got anything. I've got a bird that lives outside my house. I wouldn't feed that bird Gold Star. Man, that's a Gold Star. You're depriving that poor bird. They're open their own arena to get a deal. Yeah, Gold Star. Gold Star stinks. I say that with love. You know I don't. I don't. I don't love and respect them. You don't love them. I think I... You don't respect Who came first, Gold Star or Skyline? Gold Star was selling... Burgers before Skyline was okay. selling chili, isn't that okay. the thing? Okay, but yeah. then they stole Skyline's shtick with the chili. Yeah, Gold Stars like Skype, Skyline's like Zoom. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. I I just I just don't understand. I just I, there's so much good to be had in this world. Couldn't agree more. There's so much good to be had. There's so much fun to be had. There's so much revitalization to be had, and we're just leaving it all on the table because we're insisting that this clown show of an arena downtown has to still exist i'd be most excited for 41 nba games paul let's get a team yeah i don't know about that i don't know about that i want a team so bad i don't know the royals that. bring them back i'll tell you one thing when we were living in arizona um arena league football was a big deal well it's a fun sport to watch let's get down there tom it's a fun sport to watch all right joined by my main man Luke Dawson Brenneman, born March 27, 2005, Scottsdale, Arizona. It was an Easter Sunday on which he was born. Of course, we moved to Cincinnati when he was roughly about two, been here ever since. He just graduated, I will proudly say, cum laude from the University uh, from Marymount High School, the University of Marymount High School, and is off to Indiana University in less than a month. I'm blessed to be his dad. Polly is to be his mom. Ella is to be his sister. I'm proud of him. I'm biased. How you doing? Good. Are you nervous for this? Uh, I'm not nervous, no. You're not? No, sir. You know, that's one of the things that, 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 that I've always been amazed by you is that you would be getting ready to play in a district tournament during golf season, regional golf tournament, playing in these huge lacrosse games where, I mean, you're the guy. And yet you're walking around the house and it doesn't seem like you're nervous about anything. How is that? Um, I mean, I think I was definitely nervous come the end of the years in athletics. And I, I think it's my way of kind of dealing with it, just acting like I'm not nervous, just not really thinking about it until it gets there. But um, I think I kind of just hold the nerves in on the inside, I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you, you never show it. You know, you, you've had a chance to do a lot of cool sports stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I always tell people when they ask me about, you know, growing up, and I'm like, it's, all, it's like every kid's dream. I mean, I knew Johnny Bench and Pete Rose and Joe Morgan when I was a kid. You've had a chance to do so much cool stuff that a lot of kids don't get to do. What are some of your favorites that you look back on it? Um, the first one that definitely jumps out was in Cincinnati when we had the All-Star game. And I found my way on the field for the home run derby as one of those kids shagging balls. Um, and then, of course, Todd Frazier won that year. So incredible ins excitement at the end of that. But another one that comes to mind, definitely playing hide-and-go-seek with uh, Brandon Phillips in those Reds batting cages back in the day. That was definitely some of the best times. And, I mean, talk about taking those for granted. Like, I, I think I'm just running around with my buddy. Little do I know it's probably one of the best second basements in franchise history for the Reds. But... You know, a lot of cool stuff. I'm definitely forgetting some of them. But, I mean, the coolest as a kid is the interactions with the guys. So being able to be that close to the home run derby, I think that one's probably number one. You know, I know you don't like talking about this much, but, but 
you know, all a lot of those things, including you going on some football trips, right? Matthew That's Stafford, so those guys cool. sitting in a meeting with the Lions. Absolutely. I mean, though, those were the coolest one-on-one interactions. But, um, I mean, obviously, I've never worked in that industry. I was just kind of your sidekick. But you kind of feel the nerves being in a room like that because it's, what, Friday before an NFL Sunday, sometimes as late as Saturday. And, I mean, those guys are ready to go. There's a look in some of, especially the defensive players' eyes. And to be a part of that is just so cool because you understand the perspective outside of the entertainment industry where we just watch it. These guys have to go play. And being able to talk with some of them days before the game is really special. Has it been hard that you're not doing that stuff much anymore? I mean, obviously it stinks. Like I said, take it for granted. But, um, I mean, as one door shuts, another opens. And I'm on YouTube right now, 200 people watching. This is kind of cool, too. And being able to talk about it, I mean – I didn't realize how lucky I was. I can still go around and say I met all those guys, whatnot, and my schedule definitely tightened up, so I did it at the right time. Um, your favorite Reds player growing up. Did you have a favorite? Drew Stubbs. Really? Yes. Why? Absolutely loved him. He was one of the guys that outside of Brandon playing with me in the clubhouse, Drew Stubbs was just over-the-top cool to me. Um, I-, I was always a big Joey Votto guy because I was a left-handed hitter. Um I think there's almost stigma with me being a Votto fan just because he's been there for so long that I kind of want to mix it up or go back to a guy that's not with the Reds anymore like Phillips. So Votto's got to be in the top three all the time. And then pitcher-wise, I was never really a big pitcher's guy. I just loved Chapman out of the bullpen, especially when he was so young. And that, that was when we were almost selling out every night. So place would just go ballistic when he came in. But Drew Stubbs, number one, that's been consistent for a See, while. See, you don't remember because you were too young. But, but for me as your dad, the coolest Reds player to you, the way they treated you, and I don't even know if you, you'll remember this guy, was Micah Owings. It was Micah Owings. Yeah. And I was trying to find his name just a second ago. That, that dude is an awesome oh guy. Oh, my gosh. To be able to, like, thank that guy for everything he did. I mean, he literally made me feel like the MLB player. He was the coolest guy I've definitely ever ran into in the clubhouse. And it wasn't like a, hey, what's up? Like, he wanted to hang out for 30 minutes every time I saw him. So he was definitely the best guy, but fan of, because I was more of a Reds fan, um, Drew Stubbs because of that time frame for sure. But now you are a diehard. And when I say diehard, you use your own money, buying tickets to Bengals games, going down with your buddies. I mean, you are all in on the orange and black. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? I think everybody in this room's all in on the Bengals. Um, the, the spark that they have brought to this city in the last three years, I mean – I'm going to college, obviously, in a month from now, and you don't really want to say you're from Ohio. For some reason, like, with kids my age, there's, like, this massive, like, hatred for Ohio because there's, like, a ton of memes on the internet that's, like, what is even in Ohio? But the second you say Cincinnati, you get a couple, oh, you guys are lucky. You got Joe Burrow. How about Jamar Chase? Do you guys go to the games every Sunday? So they've definitely brought Cincinnati back to life. Um, you could argue Ellie De La Cruz is doing the same right now. Um, obviously, the Reds slowing down a little bit. But I think Cincinnati is a pretty good place to live, and it's been a great place to grow up. But the Bengals are definitely always on top. All right, now, you, you played all the athletics. Uh, you know, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf, lacrosse is a big thing out where you grew up in Marymount. Um 
And, and for a while there, in two of those sports, you had your old man as a coach. Mm -hmm. Is having your dad a coach a good thing or a bad thing? Or a combination of the two? Oh, it's definitely a combination. Um, <laughs> Be careful. I'll share a quick story. So, fifth grade basketball championship. City championship, boys. Don't forget that. City championship. Go ahead, Luke. I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, we were loaded. We had a really good team. And I've been back to fifth grade basketball games since then somehow. I don't know why I've ran into a fifth grade basketball game. But I'm telling you, what they're playing fifth grade basketball at now was not the level that we were at back in the day. We had guys knocking down threes. Um, now, now I'm seeing kids have to chuck the ball up to get a layup. But that's outside the point. All I'm saying is we were filling up the elementary gym to – the maximum every single time we played in the city championship and there's about three minutes left and you get teed up and getting teed up as a coach in a fifth grade basketball game is unreal especially when you're down one and baskets are very tough to come by in the first place let alone against a team that's really they had guys like over six foot on this mid-year team in fifth grade and i remember walking up to you and i was like well, thanks, Dad. You lost us the city championship. <laughs> and sure enough, we came back. We won one of the best games ever, one of the best memories ever. But, um, you know, it's good and bad. It was great having you coaching. I liked when you coached baseball, too. I thought that was really good. I thought you were good at that. Um, I remember the fungo bat hitting everyone ground balls. But the basketball days, that was definitely when you let the um, – let the emotions fly. Indeed, I did. And that, you know, what little they, they write about it now uh, in publications all over America, that technical sparked the comeback. <laughs> sure. For the Terrace Park Bulldogs. All right, high school, three-year varsity athlete in golf, three-year varsity athlete in lacrosse. Two sports that really could not be any different, right? Sure. Um, what did you like best about each of them? Um uh lacrosse the intensity we were practicing the maximum hours a week that the state would let us um there's really nothing like it especially going to school only 140 kids a grade you're not going to compete um at the state level in basketball especially not football i mean we're like division five in football so we have that going for us playing against the smaller schools but to play lacrosse there's only two divisions so if you're not d1 you fall in our category so we go and play still the Molars and St. X's every year and just the preparation, the film every single day, waking up two and a half hour practices in the snow and the rain, whatever it, it put like a structure in my life for four years or three years because of the COVID year um, that I really needed at the time going into high school. It was very hard. And then golf kind of the complete opposite. It's a game against yourself. Although it is a team sport in high school, it's mentally challenging uh, not as hard on the schedule or obviously the body, but I loved playing golf. It was super peaceful and high school golf, especially at a public school, it's like free golf. You just go out there with like five of your best friends and play five of somebody else's best friends and you have a great time on the golf course, take two hours and then you go home and do your homework. So that was the most underrated sport that I could recommend to anybody thinking about playing high school golf. Not that many quote unquote cool kids do because the, uh, football season is right there but I mean you guys can see look at my arms I'm no football player <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed playing golf throughout high school um you may not look like a football player but you were the the, the, the two-time Ohio player of the year as a goalie mm -hmm. 
in the state of Ohio, back-to-back years, all conference and golf, blah, blah, blah. You, you stay humble. I, I don't know if I've ever heard you ever tell anybody of anything that you've accomplished from, from, from golf or lacrosse. Well, I think you helped me out on that. Well, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> um, no, I just don't really – unless – I always just wanted to win. I was one of those guys where I didn't care. Um, as long as we won, I was happy. Obviously, sometimes you win, you don't play that good, but I would have traded playing good and personal accolades and all that just to win another state title. We got close, but one in my sophomore year at least, so I'll definitely hold on to that more than anything individually. You know, when, when I was growing up and when a lot of us were growing up, uh, kids would get labeled in high school. You're labeled a jock. You're labeled a nerd. You're labeled a weirdo. You're labeled a stoner. Right. Any of those. kind. I mean, they're out there. Right. Yeah. And I think some of those labels um, are, are still around today. Um, did you ever try to, to, to not be labeled in any of those things? You know, I actually will say I really tried at that to avoid the label. Um, I think it was really easy for people to label me just because the guys I ran around with, they were like kind of the jocks. Um, I mean, my whole friend group is extremely athletic. I mean, now that we're done, they're like kind of the lifting weights crowd, all that stuff, obviously. Um, sometimes some people look at the jocks as like stupid and, you know, kind of a bad group to hang around with if they're like getting in trouble and stuff like that. But um, I mean, inside of my friend group, I'm kind of like one of the nerds just because I'm like <laughs> the golfer. And um, I, I always like used to like always joke with them about like working hard in school or whatever. But that's just all kind of inside fun within our friend group. So I wouldn't say that I necessarily have a strict label as a jock at all because I wouldn't say that my athletic success, although it's good on paper or whatnot, um, I don't really label myself even like an athlete, to be honest. Your generation is, without a doubt, the most inclusive generation we've ever seen in the history of this country. I mean, whether it's gay, straight, Black, white, makes no difference at all. Uh, and you're in school with many of these kids who come out as, as being gay, who come out as, as whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing to me. I, one of the things I'm most proud of uh, are, are some of the kids that you've actually become friends with who some might say Luke Brenneman would have never been a friend of theirs. Yeah, I mean, you could play that game with anybody, to be honest. Um, obviously, high school is probably a lot more of, or at least high schools now acknowledge diversity a lot more than probably when anybody in this room was in high school. Um, I think it's a good thing. It's definitely opened up a ton of friendships with me. I, I mean, I'm in a club called Sources of Strength. It's like a mental health awareness club, but it's inside the school and it's student-led. So like the biggest thing we have to do first is get everybody involved. Um, so you branch out, you try to find different groups and high schools today, you can find any club, any group, um, no matter senior, freshman, all that kinds of stuff. There's so much to offer, at least at Marymount, they did a really good job at that. And like you said, I mean, the diversity, the inclusion, all that stuff is definitely playing into young kids benefits. Um, I, I want to get to applying for college. Uh, you're very fortunate to be able to go to college. There are a lot of kids that can't, mm -hmm. uh, and I know you know that. How did you decide where to start at least looking for college? 
Because um, you had decided you weren't going to play lacrosse already, so that took that kind of off the board, and now right. you're just looking as a normal student like everybody else. I think there's, like, you try and look at almost, like, the geography of it. You're like, I want to find a couple schools maybe on the East Coast. But it's all, like, what you really look for. And obviously some kids immediately want to stay at home, go to – so I came in with a open mind. I would have told you – when we first started looking my junior year, I wanted to go out of state. And then if you asked me why, I wouldn't have been able to tell you why. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff didn't really matter. I went and looked at schools in Texas. I went and looked at a school like Clemson, which I would tell you that would be literally the last place that I should have looked. That just immediately wasn't for me. I didn't have to even go there. I could have just done some more research on my own. Um, and then you get into like the really competitive schools too, where like as a kid that age, there's a huge competition involved with that. And like, it's more enticing to go to like an East Coast school. And then you take a step back now that I'm already into college and headed off in a month. And it's like, none of that stuff like really mattered, you know, like who cares where you go to college? Um, you're going to have to put in the work yourself is kind of at least what I've heard from everybody. You're going to get in or get out of it what you put in and I didn't even look at Indiana until uh, mom and you sent me to a sports broadcasting camp there last summer. And I show up and I'm like, God, like what type of kid would go to a sports broadcasting camp? I know none of my friends would. I'm kind of the oddball who says they know what they want to do in their future. Like I was all nervous for that. And the second I got to IU, it was like the best facilities you could dream of like you could have just called it broadcaster you and obviously they're known for their business school um but the media school kind of fell in love with it just using their resources at camp and easy as that i was like why not iu why not iu it's a great great place you know you you've had a chance to because of uh the broadcast facilities here at marymont yeah um because you played golf and lacrosse, you've had a chance to broadcast. I mean, I'm guessing you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, 25, 30, maybe more football and basketball games already. So, I mean, there are other kids that are getting that same kind of chance at whatever uh -huh. schools that are going to be in that media school. But, man, that's nice to be able to walk in and do that. It was Knowing awesome. you've done it. It was so much fun. I think the best part that gets taken for granted is a lot of schools have broadcasts for their games. But – we had class every single day, sports broadcasting, yep. news broadcasting. And by the second semester of my senior year, I was taking two hours a day of broadcasting classes. Um, shout out to my teacher, Mr. Eaton. That guy, I mean, he would just go above and beyond for us. He'd work all day and then stay and set up the production. And then we'd walk in and do the game like we were Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I mean, we we worked so hard in there. And that was one of those things where if you wanted to work, there was everything at your disposal um, to be great. So I did a podcast, obviously the play-by-play -play games, but I wouldn't, people always say like, you have such a leg up going into college. I don't really take that. And you mean a leg up as far as the experience, right? Okay. Which, which I do obviously okay. a, over probably everyone else compared to what we had there. But, um, I just thought it was fun to just kind of, because some people they'll go to college like me and I would be nervous right now. You go to college, and I say I want to be a sports broadcaster. I'd never broadcast a sports game if I didn't have that in high school. So um, would do like two years, get all those prerequisites, and say I stunk, say I hated it, you kind of got to start over again. So that's the biggest advantage, I would say, for me, that I tried it, I loved it, I pursued it, and now I, it feels like going into college is like me actually doing it legit now. 
So that's what you want to do. You want to do play-by-play. Yes, sir. I mean, obviously, that's a very competitive place to find a job because there's only, what, 15 guys in the world that do it on Sundays at the professional level and 30 over the, or like 50 over the weekend in college. But I think any level out of high or out of college would just be dream come true to me. Um, is there a pressure to live up? You know, your last name is your last name. Some people out there, you know, that, that want to look at the world through a, a different lens. They'll say a kid's born on third base. Uh, and you know, you don't think of it that way. Um, Certainly advantages, there's no doubt about it, uh, especially just where you grew up and where you went to high school. It's a great setup, safe, good teachers, great schools, good kids. Um, but is there pressure knowing your grandfather who is who he is and to a far lesser extent that your dad had a broadcasting career for a long time too? Uh, I wouldn't, I'm not, I don't feel any pressure whatsoever. Um, like you said, people can say I have a massive advantage. I am way too early in the process to understand how I like hell. I mean, obviously if I do a game and I walk up to you, Hey dad, how bad was this? How good was this? That stuff has been crucial throughout high school. But outside of stuff like that, obviously I haven't really got to abuse um, this start on third base that people say I have, I don't feel any pressure. I think it'll be great to have resources to call and ask what I did wrong, what I should do better. But at the same time, I am, at the least bit close-minded to outside help outside of you and Papa Marty. I mean, Marty and I play golf once a week, and the last thing we're talking about right now is my sports broadcasting career. So we are not that far in the process yet. Your Papa Marty's a piece of work. Absolutely. I mean, he is a piece of work. His relationship with you, I mean, it's like the stuff we see here on this show every Wednesday, you get the same thing. It ain't like he's changing anything. <laughs> He, he is definitely a piece of work. I'd say playing golf with him is a life-changing experience. Why? I mean, you, he is in incredible shape to go play these hilly golf courses. And, I mean, he goes and plays in Scotland when it's rainy and there's 60-mile-an-hour winds. Um, and, I mean, this is a guy for his age that he can play a round of golf, I mean, obviously in a cart in under four hours with ease. Um, there's people my age that don't even do that one because they take forever to hit their shot, but it's a very fun guy to play golf with a very fun guy to hang around with. Um, unless you're on the other end of his bickering that <laughs> night. Um, fortunately I'm normally teaming up with him on you or my cousins, but growing up with Marty has been so much fun. All right. Speaking of your cousins, uh, you had a chance last week and I used to plant in your ear every now and again, when you, when you were a sophomore junior to consider one of the military academies. Uh -huh. Okay. You and I had been to the Naval Academy when we were in travel lacrosse and we walked around and checked it all out. But a couple of weeks ago, you had a cousin actually go into the freshman class of the military academy, the Naval Academy. What was that experience like? It's a little different than Indiana University. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, to put it this way, we walked around Annapolis. We sent Grace off. I mean, people, like, obviously your dad was crying, family members were crying, very emotional day, very cool to see it all happen. I mean, there's nothing cooler than going to an academy and that whole introduction and how proper it is and perfect. Um, but it, to put it this way, we had a flight out at 8 a.m. the next day after she got in, inducted, I guess. And 
I woke up at like five to go on a run around Annapolis because I felt like I had to get my stuff together immediately after I saw that. You always say you wanted me to go to an academy. I wish I had what it takes because I would love to do it like on the inside. I just like I'll humbly say that those I don't have what those people have. I mean, they're very special. They're tough. They're physically fitter than I am. And those are things that I could have changed throughout high school, but never really put my mind on it. That was just an idea you shot out for me. But the kids that do that after seeing it, so much appreciation for the work that they put in for four years. You know, we're talking about your granddad, Papa Marty, but you also have a grandmother that lives across the street, grandfather that lives out in Arizona, uh-huh. and, and, and you have an incredible relationship with both of them, too. I mean, grandparents are something that are, that are the, the relationship is amazing. I, I, I say all the time, I live with my grandparents every summer working down in Nags Head, North Carolina, and man, for you to have them around, what a blessing. Absolutely. Um, I know Martha's probably watching right now. She watches the show every day. She She's the best. Played golf with her the other day. So golf has kind of been the thing between both sides of grandparents. Um, but, you know, just having someone across the street, even when I was born in Arizona, I don't really remember that. But overall, her being across the street, if I ever needed a ride, ever needed someone to go get Chipotle with when I was hungry, she was there for me. And I mean, that's something that totally taken for granted nobody gets their grandmother to live right across the street from you and is available all the time and it wants to help you when um you're bored you need something all of the above so she's been just as good i mean they they're different but they've been great for me um your mom yes i mean look i could sit here and talk about her all day long uh Moms for everybody, not just yours, Elliot's, Jacob, Paul, Casey, mine, God rest her soul, died a long time ago. Um, Your mom's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Um, She does everything for me. So I love how I feel like when I'm getting interviewed right now, because when most people get interviewed, they've like accomplished something. I've accomplished graduating high school, so... Okay, well, that's a start. <laughs> a lot of people wish they could say that. Right, but, um, like, I want to thank my mom for everything she's done for me, obviously, but I want to say that giving all the credit to her because I haven't done anything yet. Um, that You guys have both set me off. I feel like I'm very confident leaving the house. I think I have a lot to learn, but, she, I mean, she has done everything for me and my sister, and, I, you know, she's the best. You know that. What about your sister? You guys are always going oh at it, gosh. man. It gets old. It gets tired. It gets tired. Back and forth. But you know she's got your back. I think I have her back more than she has <laughs> okay. mine. All right. All right. Um, I will say this. I am thrilled that I did not go to TCU and have to be around her. Oh, my gosh. I thought about going there. And now that I'm headed to IU and everything said, oh, if I had to be on the same college campus as my sister, um, you know, go into certain events where someone might know her or like be like get introduced to like an upperclassman maybe in like a fraternity event or something like that. That's like, oh, this is uh, Ella Brenneman's little brother. I think I would probably drop out <laughs> seconds after that. Um, you said it a second ago. Uh, the, the clock is ticking now. You're down to less than a month, leaving home Uh for the first time. I mean, scared, worried, excited, 
Maybe all the above, something else. I would say everything besides scared. I'm not necessarily scared. Um, I'm nervous. There's anxiety around. I don't really let that stuff get to me until the moment actually gets there. There's no point in worrying about it unless you plan on doing something about it. I have a lot of work to do just because I really want to get involved with the media school early. So I'm building like a broadcast reel right now of all the stuff I've done in high school just to have because they recommended that to try and get on the air as early as, you know, the opening weeks or whatever opportunities you can get. But I mean, as for the dorm situation, the roommate, I think there's a lot of other people that worry about it a heck of a lot more than me. Maybe that's my fault for not worrying about it too much. But um, a lot of people go to college. Most of them turn out fine. I mean, I think I just got to kind of keep my uh, head, like keep that tunnel vision, know what I want to get out of college. And I think I'll be okay. You know, the, the, the roommate thing's an interesting thing. For those of you that don't have kids uh, 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 yet, or uh, your kids went to college a long time ago, this whole roommate thing, because of social media has changed. I mean, it, it's incredible. All of a sudden you can go to a website and kids are on there and where they're from and all this kind of, you have some of your buddies that are going to Indiana and you could easily room with any of them, uh -huh. but you're rooming with some dude from Jersey you've never seen before. Yeah, he's really cool. His name's Caleb, but I say he's really cool. Caleb, because... wait a minute. Is that the guy in the outfield? 513, Caleb? <laughs> all right. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, well, I mean... I say he's cool. I've never met him. So most people your age would be like, then how the heck do you know he's cool? Social media has done blessings for the roommate um, search. You know, you can post like a bio of yourself on these Instagram pages that sometimes you have to pay to post it. Sometimes you have to pay to skip the line, but they'll generate these kind of like templates for you, a bunch of pictures of yourself. Like I tried to choose like one of me playing a sport, uh, couple of pictures of me and my friends, you know, like playing basketball, something like that, or like a sporting event I went to just so people kind of understand what you like and what you're into immediately. You can write something. I just said like, I like sports, you know, generic stuff, but it's so easy because then like a million kids reach out to you. Obviously IU having over 40,000 students, um, didn't hurt because the incoming class is going to be massive, but you just, within a couple of days, kid reaches out to you, you talk to him for 10 minutes see what he likes and you're like yeah i would be fine having you as my roommate because like i think a lot of people overthink the roommate process too and they look for like their lifelong best friend so it takes them forever like it's like dating almost like it's like tinder where you look a couple pictures of yourself and you're like oh i kind of like you what's up like what are you into and um it's definitely made it easier but i just found a kid that i immediately was fine he sounded like me he liked all the same things he liked sports I mean, he's from new jersey so that's a lot further than me but I think that would be kind of cool to have a kid from the East Coast. And I know a ton of New York and Jersey guys go to IU that he knows are going there, too. Cool, cool. Um, okay. Give me, give, me, give me some predictions here before we let you get out of okay. here. All right, you're into this prediction business. You've created a very small empire in this prediction business, which we will leave aside for another day. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. Your very first football game as a student at Indiana University. The mighty Ohio State Buckeyes are coming to town. Your thoughts, if any, on that one? I'll definitely, Does Indiana pull off the shocker? I'll definitely be there. Um, <laughs> and I would call anyone who came on a show like this and was asked that question lame if they didn't say their own school was good enough. I mean, what's the point of even going, you know? Like, I 
I'm going to go and I'll be there 10 minutes before the game, amped up, ready to storm the field in the next two hours. But I think Indiana's projected like four wins at best this year. Um, definitely a basketball school, so I'm looking forward to the winter more if I can get into Assembly Hall a couple of times. But, you know, that is an exciting game one because at least there's nothing, for, especially for a team that's supposed to have a very bad season. Nothing bad has happened yet. Right. I mean, it's going to be the number. It's like the peak of the, this is the best team you're going to play. Most people are going to be there for multiple different reasons. So week one will be fun, and we'll see where it goes from there. The Purdue game, uh, I don't. I didn't even realize how big of a rivalry that was inside of the state. Um, so all that, all those games will be fun. I don't know how good the football team will be, though. All right, the Red Legs are on a six-game losing streak. You went to the game last night. I did. You went with some friends, straight-A ticket night, whatever it was. I, uh, I got it, but I lost it, so that proves how smart I am. Yeah, that's right. You, you couldn't prove that you were a straight-A student, so you had to pay. Well, you didn't pay your way in, though. Your Uncle Marty got you in. I mean, your Papa Marty got you in, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, Okay, all right. All right, so let's, let's be completely truthful and upfront about all this here. <laughs> um, all right, the Reds. They won 12 in a row. They've lost now six in a row. Where are they going, if anywhere? Um, I think that everybody knew, and if not, I would call you delusional, that this team with the roster they had would run into a roadblock. I think it definitely does not help. It could, down the stretch, help when you look back that this streak is happening right after the All-Star break, and they're yet to win a game since the break, which is really ugly. Obviously, the Brewers series hurts more than any other sweep. I think that when we talk about changing the lineup, this, that, and the other, that kind of gives off panic vibes. And if you're David Bell and you want to move Ellie to the leadoff spot like last night, shaking it up is fine. But six in a row isn't 12 in a row. And two and a half games out isn't necessarily seven games out where it's must win time in every single division game so I think that everybody needs to relax a little bit and not necessarily say that adjustments need to be made because we've seen this team catch fire and we knew they would slow down but something has to happen with the starting pitching for them to have any chance down the stretch you can't ask these bullpen guys um, that have pitched so many innings especially on consecutive days. I mean, a lot of people like to give Buck Farmer a hard time just because he gives up timely home runs. He's not the best reliever in the world. But this is a guy that the Reds are confident sending out every single day in like the fourth inning to pitch two innings. So guys like that, I think they deserve credit because most big leaguers would be worried about their arms, the longevities of their career. And I do not think David Bell and that starting pitching is doing them any favors right now. If you had asked me for a prediction, I would say they will get hot again. This is a streaky team. It's a young team, but something has to happen. I would love for them to continue the talks with the Chicago White Sox to make a move at the deadline. Obviously, Giolito, Lance Lynn, uh, Kopech, etc., all those guys. But I think you get an arm like Lance Lynn, veteran, kind of team up with all these young guys. Obviously, his ERA is not that good, but... Switching over to the, I think that they could, I think they could get hot again and take the division, but I think it would be more of a steal of the division, if anything, because right now the Brewers are my pick easily. All right. Uh, one quick question off the beaten path from the chat. Have you ever had Sky Rosa? Do you know what a Sky Rosa I do, is? I do. We got in a massive fight inside my friend group over this the other day. 
one of my buddies about was, sky roses yeah, if you know my friend group it's like i do know them all very well every most single degenerates time we talk right um, right so we somehow got in an argument over the sky rosa one of my friends was trying to say that they sell them at the ballpark no they don't you yeah, have they to, don't right you, you can't buy a sky rosa fellas yeah you have to put it inside the pizza slice is what i was trying to tell him and you know he just wanted to say no 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 I didn't try it just because we went last night and it was that three, two, one night. So like the ice cream's a buck, the hot dogs are two dollars, and the beers are three dollars. So we were just. Did you buy beer there? No. Okay. I'm right. okay. under twenty-one. All right. All right. <laughs> and we were, <laughs> we were eating, like some of the guys were trying to do a hot dog and inning. Um, I, I definitely had my fair share of one dollar ice cream cups. So I was I was balling on a budget last night okay. because it was the offer was there for me. If I find my way down there this weekend, because I do like the Diamondbacks, they're an exciting team. I think that'll be a good series. I might have to try the Sky Rosa because I've seen a lot of pictures and it looks pretty good. Have you guys had, I asked this question and I can't remember who said they did. Uh, Elliot, have you had one? I have not. Uh, Jacob? I have. And do you endorse them? Um, I think everyone from Cincinnati should have to do it at least once. It's, <laughs> it's a good experience. Okay, so that was, that was an endorsement. That was, I, I, it wasn't at all, Elliot. Thank no, you. It's a fun Thank experience. No. It wasn't. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. That's I, the that, problem. I mean, it's like a $30, 3000 calorie right. meal. Like, it's, it's no joke. Paul, have you had one? I, I would love to have one I have not yet. And Casey, I know you have. Yeah, that's and right. And you do endorse it. Yeah, of course. It's good. It tastes great. Is it good? Like, is it good or is it just something that you do because it's yeah. fun? Yeah, and you're a Cincinnati And then you just guy. have so, to, like, do There he it, goes so. with his OCD again. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> so, it depends on if you like La Rosa's pizza in general. Because I'm not a fan of La Rosa's pizza and the sauce. Yeah. Now, the chili makes it better. Okay. That's, that's what really sets it apart for me. Right. The chili is like a good substitute for the pizza sauce. I will have one this season. I will do it. 100%. So, you're going to do it this weekend. If I end up going to the game, I think I'll do it by the end of the year. I'm a huge the thing. The reason I think I'll like it is I'm a huge La Rosa's fan. Yeah. Like, I think over the last five to ten years, La Rosa's used to dominate pizza in Cincinnati, or at least like sponsorships when I was younger. Like they were all over everything. When people ordered a pizza, it was from them. And now I think there's some debate um, whether what like serious debate of what the best pizza is in regards to La Rosa's. I know a lot of people that I hang around with don't like it, but that is definitely my favorite pizza. I'd say Dewey's is more fancy, so I don't consider that in like the fast food pizza debate. So I think I would like the uh, Sky Rosa. Somebody wants to know if you're sneaking uh, White Claws out of our refrigerator. I'm staying away. That's the kind of people that are in this chat every day, Luke, that you don't have to deal with. They, they want me to ask my 18-year-old son if he's sneaking White Claws out of our uh, refrigerator. Um, <laughs> Anything, but, guys. Wait, wait. Elliot, Elliot has a question. Well, Elliot, say, please. Hypothetically, and I Have know you Luke, met Elliot? I'm Elliot. Nice to meet you, Elliot. By the way, I think you I two think, had a bet against one another. Yeah, Someone someone has to get sopping wet I think somebody has to get wet. Somebody has to get sopping wet. Little wet boy over there. Yes. I, I, I lost a bet to Luke, unfortunately, and I'm going to have to get wet today. So that's what – so that's so, – so, so, so that that Luke's going to dump water on my Luke's head after the show. Luke's going to wet you So I, I – Luke will let you in the I mean, streets of Hamilton. I mean, look at Paul's that. face. Look at Paul's stupid face. <laughs> laughing around. I don't even know what I was going to say now. Oh, I know. My, I, hypothetically, I know you don't. But if there was a White Claw flavor that you liked, hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, because we know he doesn't. We know that. It's against the law. You have to follow the laws. 
But if there were one, my favorite would be Black Cherry. Let's all go around the room. <laughs> Let's all go around the room. Let's go around the room, Jacob. Um, I like the lime. Lime, Paul. All right. uh, I like the peach. Peach, watermelon, watermelon. Yeah, or a different one. Tom, I've never had one. Isn't there? Or I might be. Yeah. And Luke, this Luke, is, same answer. Luke, I can't. I, I don't know. I'll, oh. let, I'll let one of you guys choose. <laughs> See, he's smart. He's smart. Do they have peach, or am I thinking of? Uh, I high might noons. be thinking of high noons. Like you're on high noons. I think high I might noons. be on high noons. Tough. Luke, when you look around at these guys Uh and you watch from time to time, (laughs) this is not going to be. You know, when when when, do you say to yourself, "I hope and pray my broadcasting career never leads me to such a place in such an environment." (laughs) No, I actually don't. I think that the the future of this show is like a first take style. Like, I want to see all you guys just go at it, and I think that'll happen more in football season than it can now because, like. Football is more universal where you care about other divisions and leagues. Um, so, but, like, it's hard to debate Reds baseball outside of, like, bullpen decisions and stuff like that because everyone in this room is a diehard fan pretty much. So, so they want the best for the team. But I think I think you guys could start with the characters you have in here could start going at it. I got a quick oh, question I, for I, you, I, Luke. I, so uh, Casey I, I, over there thinks yeah. Geno Smith's a top three quarterback. In the no, <laughs> no. And I was not... I was wondering what your thoughts on that are. Because I think it's a dis- right, wait, no, wait, no, no, Casey, no. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. That's disgusting. What he just said. I brought up on the show maybe like three weeks ago that Geno Smith. You could argue that he's a top ten quarterback. He's got all the stats. He's got a great offense now. <laughs> What's so funny about it? Can, it's not funny. There's you, nothing funny Luke, about it. you're dialed it. in on football. I mean, are you, are you closer to Casey on Geno or no? Um, at, Not top 10. I think he would Correct. sneak in the top 15 due to um, the other quarterbacks around Geno's age, I think, are becoming worse than Geno Smith. I think Geno's like peaking right now towards what some people's end of career would look like. Um, but the, the quarterback debate inside the NFL, I think the top 10 is like very solid quarterbacks, and I just don't see Geno Smith fitting his way in there. Your Mm. prediction on your beloved Cincinnati Bengalis here for the upcoming, since you'll be off to college, uh, and you'll be dialed into every game, Yep, no doubt about it, might come back for a couple. I hope so. Is this the year? What are your thoughts? I think if any year's the year, it's got to be this year. Um, I, I like the draft picks. I like the subtle moves we've made. I think the wide receiving core speaks for itself. The secondary terrifies me. Um, I don't know if we're big enough, but I, guys are going to have to step up. It seems like every year a new guy just kind of comes out and um, really brings you something that you didn't think you could bring. I really trust Lou on the defensive side to figure everything out with the holes that we do have. I'm more confident in him than if we had holes offensively, but obviously our offense speaks for itself. I think I think if any year is the year, obviously we made the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship, it's got to be this year because I think the Bills have taken a step back. Um, I will say the division is going to be very competitive. So if they can get out of that gauntlet, we'll see how much they have left in the tank come the playoffs. Is it Super Bowl or bust for Luke Brenneman? Super Bowl or a busted season? Yes. If they don't make it. And I'll say that. Here we go, fellas. I will say that. Here we go. But it is not what I saw on my TikTok for you page the other day of... (laughs) 
that the Reds have to win the NLCS. <laughs> that, no, that's that's the last yes. I never said that. Now yes, you did. are misquoting. Yes, what I said was they need, they should win a division series and get to the LCS. I never said win. Back me up, Casey. I never said win the LCS. Not. I mean, maybe, time. but we're, we, Tom, we were going from a team that should have won 65 games, and now you're saying they should be one step away from the World Series? They're backing me up in the chat. Tom did say make it to the LCS. So I mean, either, either way, Tom, either way. I still think that especially at this point, obviously you said that when they were at the peak of the I did. Peaks. I did. At this point, it is a shock, at least to someone that's not, I would say, a psychopath Reds fan to say that if they make the playoffs, that's a very good story. It's a great story. I'm saying once they get there, when I look at teams they could potentially play, they the, can beat any of them. In the NL, the Giants would destroy the Reds in a playoff series. The Giants? Yes. Yes. The team that they're playing team, right now. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that. But okay, go ahead. Okay. I mean, you think the Diamondbacks would? My, Miami Marlins? I think that the Diamondbacks rotation outside of their last two arms, if they, if they give you Gallon, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I like love tailing him when he pitches. Not Mitch <laughs> Keller. Um, well, it's all right. You, you like I'm, the start I'm of the rotation. I, I mean, Gallon, obviously the all-star starter. I can't believe I'm forgetting the number two guy's name. Um, but I think the Diamondbacks right now would be a very competitive series with the Reds because I, I don't think it's a team that, you know, you're accustomed to seeing win a division, especially as difficult as the NLS. And you have to remember, the D-backs are now in third. They're like 13-20 yep. and 20 in their last 33 games or yep. something that I saw the other day. Um, they won last night in like the game of the year. But, I mean, they're not they're, the Reds aren't going to compete with the Braves. They're not going to compete with the Giants. If the Dodgers end up coming out of the West... I just don't know who they're really going to... I think they're going to have to catch a break on who they play if they're going to get out of the first round. Do you think the Cleveland Browns stink like Casey does? Yeah. Like, I think like that the stink. Steelers... I think the Steelers do not stink, though. And I think the Ravens are obviously the Bengals' biggest team to yes. look out for. Yes, but Are you talking about Henry, Nelson, Davies... Not Davies. Gallon, yeah. Kelly. 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 He Merrill just Kelly. got hurt. Merrill so, yeah. Kelly, yes. yes. Yeah, Merritt Kelly. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like you, you talk about um, Super Bowl or bust with the Bengals. If there's any year that the Reds can steal this division, though, it would be this year because the Cardinals, in my opinion, are a total fluke right now. That, that team is loaded with talent, and I think it's not for long whether they make a push. Obviously, they're on a winning streak right now. Come the second half of the year, if they bring even a quarter or at like three-fourths of those guys back with that lineup and how young they are, they're going to be good for the next couple years with veteran leadership like Goldschmidt and Arenado. Should we uh, include Brenny Locks on our uh, Friday picks this year? Which, by the way, I still have to pay off that bet. I think that crossed my mind for the first time the other day in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a total schlep on that. But we're going to take care of that this week. Okay. All right. Uh, but do you think uh, that he should be included uh, in our weekly pick session? Your Fridays are pretty light, right? Most college students are all drunked up on a Thursday night. 
Tom, I right. haven't had a class Stumbling on a Friday around. in three years. What's that? I haven't had a class on a Friday in three years. You have Friday class, right? I have one class. It's okay. at like 11. Well, that's because you're in the big that's 10, not the Oh, you can yeah. skip, you can skip that yeah, one. Yeah, you're not going to You can skip that one. No chance. I mean, we can just call you in live during your class, right? I'm sure yeah. the professor won't mind. I'll <laughs> throw in the AirPods for the mic. Yeah. 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 I would definitely join the show on Fridays. You would. We, we yeah, there would be a massive gap in the leaderboards though it wouldn't be very competitive oh oh, oh. oh. wait a, a minute challenge wow wait How a minute that? No, that you have a thought on that no he's probably right <laughs> no i think he's probably i'm the worst gambler of all time <laughs> historically like that's act that's it's factual it's backed up by lots of evidence luke i don't know if you know any gamblers <laughs> but if you did yeah uh and if you happen to know some would you have any advice for elliot at this point because he has been now you you hit a big parlay i did and tom what people don't even know is that i hit that parlay because i didn't tell anybody this is the first time anybody's hearing it i hit a ten dollar to win 410 parlay it's 82 to one four money lines four uh, you won five five dollar what did i say you said ten oh i just don't want to chip you out of your even better sorry five thank you paul thank you paul uh, five dollars to win four ten. It was one of the greatest bets of all time, but I am like bad. Uh, other than that, I'm atrocious. Any advice for? Uh, he's in a slump. Paul went through a slump of of epic proportions last I year. I mean, so bad that I've like barely gambled since yeah. January. That's right. Casey February. needs approval from his wife to get back <laughs> yeah. in the game. Yeah. And, and and Jake doesn't say much about it. But 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 no, well, I just stay you quiet. Have, you have any advice for these guys in that regard? Even though you're the youngest one in the room. Um, <laughs> and probably the smartest in the room. I think that I think that shooters shoot. Um, thank you. Ninety nine percent of gamblers quit before they win big too. That's right. That's right. That's right. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that? One eight hundred gambler. That guy like mining. <laughs> and there's there's this like Instagram meme that I saw of like this guy like this miner and it's like just an edited graphic and there's like gold and he's right there. Oh my god. And one of the people turns around that quits gambling and the other guy kept going and ran into the gold. So I, I don't see sounds well, like you got some momentum. Let me ask you this. My, Eighty to my, one. My close personal friend Mo Egger says parlays are a sucker bet. Are you a straight no oh, let me rephrase. If you were to be a better <laughs> if you were to be, I'm not saying he is, if you were to be would you bet straight or do you bet parlays? If you were, because I know you don't. Um, well, now that I'm 18, I can legally yeah, bet if I, if I really, wanted right, to. Right, right, right. Um, on like an offshore book, not on Betfred or anything. But um, <laughs> If you were, hypothetically. <laughs> I think that anybody that says, that goes on air and will preach to people like you and me that listen mm -hmm. to someone's show, and it's nothing against Mo Egger. He, uh, he's actually been on my podcast where he's a very nice guy, but... I disagree with the gambling community when they say, oh, don't bet parlays. You have to bet straight. Like, those are people who, like, genuinely think that they're going to make money long-time gambling. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I've sold my gambling picks, and it was my job. It still is, like, um, to this day. And it was great. We had, like, a profitable NFL season. But to tell someone that it's in pot, like, you are a sucker if you're betting a parlay, I'd say you're a sucker for not, for if you put... All your money on a parlay mm -hmm. but who tells you you can't make a 12-leg nfl parlay every sunday yep yep and i do every sunday right sunday. every oh single God. one yep me too <laughs> this conversation's gone straight into you just gotta hit one on the year to break even <laughs> right. though tom just yeah. one, you know, but, one but parlay I, I advise like i low i tell people you gotta find like the straight bets that you like and load up on those don't don't bet the whole board find yeah. like 
two, three, sometimes four, if you like a good slate of games. But load up on those and then kind of, I always say sprinkle the parlay at the, yeah. at the 80 to ones of the world and I stuff agree. like that. What about, the no, what about the no safety parlay, Luke? What's that? You, all, you all parlay every NFL game that nobody that there's no safety. It's even oh, the no, oh, like it's the, no, it's it's no, it's even money. Where does that lose? That that kind of lines up with the um, the golf tournament like hole in ones. Like, will there be a hole in one in four yeah. days? Because those are always like even money or like minus one twenty. I think that the no safety is just too boring. Like that's one of those bets where like. If you're down bad and you you got like a bookie and you owe the guy a ton of money after like a rough, <laughs> you know anybody who does this kind of thing? This is hypothetical. This seems way wait, too wait, personal. Wait, this is hypothetical, everybody. Hypothetical. We're talking hypothetical. Those are one of those oh, where you're like, why did I let you guys? Get you your did this. I didn't do it. You, you opened the, you open the you door. You told us you not to talk about it, and then you opened the door. You, the oh door is open. Oh my god. We're speaking in hypothetical terms. Go ahead, Luke. I think that that's one of those bets where you are so down bad and in the trenches after like a college football Saturday that you don't even want to, you don't trust yourself to bet a spread, you don't trust yourself to bet a total money line. You're either loading up on the Bengals to make it all back, which yep. has worked the last couple of years, or you think you're getting cheeky with the little safety okay. parlay. But sure enough, you know, like, you know well that the second you do that, the first kickoff of the game is getting muffed and yep. they're safetying it. Yep. And then there Have you ever had the safety. thrill of Geno Smith trying to get out of the shadow of his own goalpost? <laughs> I mean, man, it's a thrill. <laughs> to, credit, to credit Casey, Geno is a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. Let me ask you this, Luke. Luke, let me ask, Luke, let me, Luke, let me ask you this, Luke. All right, hype, and we're, again, hypothetically, guys, my greatest gambling win, I'm going to ask you what yours is. My, so I'm going to give you some time to think about it. My greatest gambling win. Two years ago, I did an NFL division win parlay placed at the beginning of the season. I went to uh, Hollywood Casino in Lawrenceburg. It was $10 to win 1200 So what happened was it came down to the last leg or the last game. It was the Rams. I needed the Rams to win the division. But I put a hedge on the Cardinals because I needed because even if the Rams were to – or uh, on the 49ers. They played uh -huh. the 49ers last year. But there was a back scenario where if the Cardinals won their game – they would still give the Rams the division win. So I won the hedge, and I won the $1,200. It was the greatest win I've ever had. Wow. So that's a perfect hedge. That's not I, even a hedge. That's like a bonus. It was, I know. It was brilliant. So, okay, Luke, if, hypothetically speaking. Uh -huh. hypo God what, almighty. Hypothetically speaking, what is your greatest gambling win? Coming from over there. Um, I think that, you know, I, there's been plenty of, like, the spray the board. Yeah. Um, like NBA and MLB days just because like those there's 20 games every day football wise that's what I'm best at I mean I, I had it wasn't necessarily a specific win but like when my TikTok account blew up I went 9-0 and in one weekend of NFL games that's and unbelievable I took the commanders to beat uh, Brady and the Buccaneers when the Buccaneers had not like lost in like eight weeks and they played in Washington against like the 500 commanders um, but I will say, I'll give out a pick right now for the Open this weekend. Let's go. Oh, here we go. Terrell Hatton is going to win, though. Oh, let's yes. go. Wow. And I think, I mean, he's one of the favorites, obviously not on American soil, but I think he's going to play really good um, at Royal, Royal Liverpool. And, okay. and I think he's probably plus 1,400, maybe plus 1,700. If you bet Rory, are you a sucker? I despise Rory. 
There we go. There we I go. agree. I, Rory, Rory has never had a good Sunday. Not it's, one time. It's really hard to uh, bet a guy on a Lynx golf course that obviously he just won the Scottish Open. So there might be a little hangover coming into play there yeah. too. He's gunning for the major though. He hasn't won in what, nine years or something crazy. I would say that with McElroy, he just doesn't make enough putts for me in the way that golf is going in these like major tournaments where, I mean, winners of the U.S. Open are shooting 15 under par and stuff. That That's not how golf really used to be. And I think with these slow greens, super heavy wins, it's going to be a weird tournament. But they're just so good that they go so low now. And I saw Cameron Smith say that he's going to take the Claire Jug right back. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't either because he has a great putter. All right, this is my last gambling question, then I'll stop. This God is, we're, almighty. We're speaking, I mean, we're speaking in hypotheticals. We're speaking in hypotheticals. I have a parlay right here. It is a top 10 parlay. Hovland, Shane Lowry, and Rory, top 10. Where does that lose? Um, Lowry's really good at Lynx Golf. You said Victor? Victor Hovland. I think he hits the ball too high for the wind. Okay. Um, he's a good shot shaper, but he consistently hits a very high ball flight. I saw that on the internet that... Uh, so I won't take full credit for that. I'm a massive golf fan, though. And then, like, Rory's kind of a toss-up because it, it seems like he's in the top 10 every week. you got to give yes. the guy credit. I can't believe the way you guys badmouth oh, Michael Rory. Rory. He's, he's, he's the worst. Yeah. He's, he's the worst. Just, oh, my he's up God. On his this high guy horse. is everything that's right about golf. No. Come on. No. Come on. Come on. He's uh, just loyal to the, the PGA. For, for people your age, he is, yes. I mean, you and I watch a documentary <laughs> on him. How do you not like that guy? <laughs> no, uh, uh, Rory McIlroy is a really good guy, and I gave him a hard time uh, for a long time about the live stuff and whatever. I just think that if you took an athlete like LeBron, who I'm not the biggest fan of in the entire world, but you are wrong to not respect the legacy and greatness that he is. If LeBron, we, t we take Rory in these top tens, especially in majors recently too. If LeBron kept making the finals every year, or like this year, he is getting destroyed to even retire when he's a top 10, 15 player in the uh, NBA for losing in the Western Conference Finals as a higher seed. So now we're going to give Rory McIlroy all this grace for, oh, this yeah, top argument. 10, top 10, top 10. But if he's not a closer, if you look at other sports, we're quick to blame guys that have to play with 8 to 10 other teammates, especially quarterbacks, um, come crunch time. If McElroy hasn't done it in nine years, then how? why would he have my generation's respect necessarily when it comes to majors and him trying to push golf in a certain direction or tell you how bad that these legends are that just because they switch tours that they don't belong when, in reality, the live guys have been killing the majors recently. Yep. I mean, Phil and um, Brooks put on a show at the Masters, the two kind of most hated live guys who Rory really came after. Um, and I, I just think that, in my opinion, from a younger guy, he has taken kind of the excitement out of it, but you could argue he's put more into it from a rivalry perspective of yes. Live versus PGA Tour, which I think will be very, very fun to watch this year in the Ryder Cup, depending on how they pick the team. All right, so to answer uh, Elliot's question about that trifecta in the mm -hmm. top ten, uh, you talked about the first two. I you hope it about doesn't. Rory. I hope it doesn't hit, just because <laughs> those are like Rory and Hovland are guys that I'll be staying away from. But I, I mean, what are the odds? I can probably guess them. Um, top tens. 
I'd say you're probably above six, seven hundred. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's above that. Yep. It's right around. It's right around eight hundred. Okay. Yeah. So Lowry was probably the longest shot at yep. what, like plus two twenty or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I think it's got a chance. Um, Rory speaks for itself. It'd be impossible to say Rory's not going to get top ten because I he does Rory it every week. I think he'll lead the first three rounds, and then per usual, he'll blow Sunday. Yeah. He'll just you shoot a plus seven on Sunday. I don't know if a lot of golfers nowadays either. I hate saying that they blow Sundays or give Rory a hard time for not being a closer, but golf today, the way that these guys play, any guy in the 128-man field, yeah. like it's, they're all so freaking good at golf that like, I saw this guy that I follow on Instagram, he's like an irrelevant golfer on tour, Ben Griffin. He shot 59 in the practice round the other day. It's like, it, whoever can put together four good scores is, and the, I just don't think that there's a hierarchy as much as there once was in golf when it was Kepka, Rory, Phil every single week. I think that guys can come out the back door like yep. nobody on Sunday. There are a lot of people in our chat that think Ellie De La Cruz is going to win the Open. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ellie De La Cruz could win anything right now. Isn't he like in a movie? Someone was trying to tell me. He's in the pre, like the promo trailer for Mission Impossible. Uh huh. Him and Odell Beckham. And Alex Morgan, I believe. So and he you're called, kidding. And he yeah, calls the three biggest names. Ellie Cruz, like uh, Tom Cruise. Like he, Cruise. He, got, he took the daylight out of it. Okay. All right. Luke, your dad thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame. What about you? Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Is it, uh, do, you, do you not like Ellie or something? I love Ellie. <laughs> I love Ellie. I love the guy. I love the guy. I'm a huge fan of his. I'm just not going to put the pressure on a kid after a month in the big leagues like many others in this town, some in this room, many in this chat, who think the guy, uh, they're already making his bust for the Major League Baseball yeah. Hall of Fame. My, my friends last night were booing him after he struck oh. out. Oh. Oh. Hey, I love it. I no. love it. That's why I love Philly. <laughs> Uh, not why well. I love Philly. You guys are like this. We went into the, uh, you can look over the, I mean, you would never know because you were never over there, the bullpens. Oh, yeah. They let you see into them. And Di Sclafani was warming up. Oh, yeah. And here come yeah, like 10 of my friends. And we lined up against, and you can bang on the uh, super loud like metal table there. And my friends were just giving it to Anthony D. Scalfani. Yeah, that's um, how you do it. And telling him he's going to go three and a third with 120 pitches. You know, how he was here in Cincinnati. He's four and 80. It's like a four or five ERA. And the Giants were really cool about it because we did it to the Mets last year and they ran us out of there within seconds. The Giants' whole bullpen came over and started like clapping and like chirping <laughs> us. So it, it was really funny to... Um, Try and get under his skin. And he was pulled after two innings last night. Why so. do I have to be on television to learn this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tradition as old as time. It get, is. That's get the best. security called That's on you at a Reds game. I had a buddy once. His name was Segrist for the Cardinals. He was a pitcher for the Cardinals. Yes, Kevin Segrist. Yeah. He, he had good stuff. He did the same exact thing that Luke was doing. They called security on him. I won't. I, did I say his name already? I didn't yeah. say my friend's name. What, what, no, no, no. You yeah. didn't oh, say yeah. your friend's okay, name. Okay, good. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, but they called security on him, and my buddy ran out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I, no. They yeah. called security on my buddy last night. He went and hit in the bathroom. Yeah, that's what you yeah. do. I, I take credit for getting Josh Hader out of Milwaukee for the amount of times I screamed at him <laughs> oh in that bullpen. I, I sent him out of there. Now that we're back on the Reds, I can get to the question I wanted to ask you most. Jonathan India. You oh, keep no. him, you trade oh, him. Oh, my gosh. Um, after that double play last night. His 12th of the year. Um. I screamed, this guy stinks, cause, and <laughs> oh, slammed the chair. God. And this guy next to me was, like, a lunatic Reds fan. And he, like, 
comes over like trying to like stand over me oh. for saying that india stunk and i was like I, he's just not timely enough for me right now i think that he can easily find a role on that team hitting 255 with the kind of underrated power he has yeah yeah 20 bombs 22 right the, the bombs, thing something. that really hurts him though is he, i think that when he came up he was people thought that you would get something in the base running category and he's proven to me that he is not a very fast player and i don't think he's very heads up and that's why he stinks in the infield um i'm not going to give up on him yet i don't think anybody is planning on giving up on him but for a guy that won rookie of the year and he is such a for the fans type of guy yep. He is extremely hyped up yep. for a 250 hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree. And a bottom five defensive second baseman in the league. I'd agree. All right, boys, we wrapping up here. Anything from the peanut gallery over here to the right? Uh, I don't think so. Nope. Make sure he plugs the TikTok. Plug the TikTok. <laughs> if you guys want to follow my uh, gambling picks during football season, Brandy Locks on TikTok. We will be back. We are on a little bit of a hiatus right now because... Emily well, you're doing stuff for the uh, professional lacrosse league. Premier lacrosse league. Premier lacrosse league. Yeah, right. You can watch those games on ABC on the weekend, but um, that's my only gig right now. Just wait till football season is what I say. Blue Collar Brenny, how are your jobs this summer? Yeah, how's the... Uh, that construction gig is a BCB, Blue Collar Brenny. Um, <laughs> yes, moving the drywall last week. Finally got paid for that. How many? How many pieces? How many? How many? How many pieces of drywall did you have to pick up and carry up and downstairs? Sixty to seventy slabs. About ninety-five degrees that day. It was really hot. I'm not gonna act like um, people don't have harder jobs than that, though. And I it, like it only took us. It was pretty quick. It was just hard work. Um, but consistently working, Paul. I got a post for the PLL two times a week, which I enjoy. I will be on a PLL show today, like this one. Um, talk about the games and All-Star Weekend coming up. But other than that, Other than that, much. it's BCB. It's not BCB. <laughs> I, wish it, I wish I was back caddying, but no, I have not had enough work opportunities yep, this yep, summer. Yep. And it's a so. shame you won't caddy again as you did last year in the LPGA event. I'm not going to rule that out. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, do we have a cherry on top? Uh, I think we were just calling everything we just did the cherry on cherry top. On top. The, this is the cherry on top for me. I mean, I, I'm proud as can be. You know I love you, buddy. Thank More you. More than anything in the world. More than anything in the world. Uh, fellas, is box lunch coming up today? Nope. Nope. No box lunch. No today. box lunch today. It was canceled. I'm surprised you didn't ask for the Luke Weaver hot tub video again. They, you, know, you know the Reds haven't won since you started playing that on the show. Oh, I... In the chat, it's been pointed out since Casey changed the open. Well, they've not won. We're not gonna. We're not gonna run the. We're not gonna run the Luke Dream Weaver video today, and we'll see what breaks. We'll see what okay. gives. All right, that's smart. We'll see what gives. That's smart. You know, the last time uh, there was another big, big event that happened here recently. It's true. That could Casey. be the problem, the whole issue here for the Reds. And since Taylor Swift was in town, they've been seven and eight in terms of losses. So. They've lost seven of seven, eight. Seven of eight. eight. Yeah. Lost the seven Taylor eight. Swift curse. Yeah. The Swifties. The Swifties. The Swifties did this Paul. to us. Spencer Steer hit that home run and all the juice left Great American Ballpark. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. cursed our name. What is the Zebra Zillis? What is that? It's what it's what's gonna happen when he dumps when Luke dumps water on me in about ten seconds. I'm gonna go out there and film a zebra zillionaires. 
Elliot's going to get so wet. I'm going gi- to give a gambling pick. It'll lose. It'll lose. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody, thanks for being with us today. Gentlemen, thank you for everything. Been a, uh, been a ball. Tomorrow, uh, Marty Brenneman will be back. It's a Brenneman week. <laughs> right? We got Marty tomorrow. We got Tracy tomorrow. Lots of talk about can the Reds uh, bounce back. Our USA veteran retired, says Tom, Luke, Cam, and Eggers. Have a great day. And he does say stop the Dream Weaver video. God bless you all, and God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow.